Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. In 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. It's time for the Rundown with Rob Sanders. Well, we're waiting. Welcome into the Rundown. It is the Tuesday afternoon edition I am Rob Sanders, your host. Thanks so much for joining me on the program today. Of course, you can reach out to me on Twitter to get involved with the show. I'm at Rob Sounds Good. Also, on the phone lines, 803-978-1832, 803-978-1832. I expect Gamecock fans to be livid with me today because I am going to say something that is going to absolutely piss them off, or the majority of them anyway. Judging by the folks that I've actually talked to today, And there is a lot of folks out there that are going to be angry with what I'm going to have to say. And I want to go ahead and give you the number now, 803-978-1832. And I'm fine with you calling and yelling at me, but sorry. What I've got to say needs to be said, and we'll say that here in just a moment. But your coach had a chance to talk earlier today, and we'll let Coach Muschamp talk first, okay? Coach Muschamp was previewing the Texas A&M matchup. We'll get to his thoughts on the Aggies in just a moment, but he did talk about who was going to start for uh, on the, at the quarterback position. And uh, let's get his thoughts on that right now. He's going with Jake Bentley, and here's why. He looked good today. I think he's going to be fine. And at the end of the day, we, you know, we'll, we'll continue to look at some mobility things tomorrow. Uh, but, you know, again, I'm never going to put a young man in a situation where he can't protect himself, and he couldn't have Saturday. Mike performed uh, really well, and a guy that we had a lot of confidence in going into the game and even more so, obviously, after it. And uh, at the end of the day, we'll make decisions in the game to, to win the game. Can you take us through that decision, why Jake over Michael? Well, he's played a lot of really good football for us. He's got a lot of experience, uh, and uh, I think he's played really well. And obviously, Mike's got a smaller sample set, played well with his opportunity. Uh, but, you know, I'm making a decision where I think helps us, us win. And uh, at the end of the day, that's what we're going to do. But we've got two guys I have confidence that we can win with. Uh, you know, so I feel comfortable with both guys. Taking away health and in-game experience, when it just comes down to strict ability, what distinguishes Jake and Mike, the two of them, with their ability? Well, I think they're very similar players. I think you look at, you know, as far as calling the game and, and uh, what we carry into a game, they're very similar as far as those things are concerned. But uh, I don't know that you, you – I don't know that when you evaluate that, you can't take experience out of it. You can't. That's part of it. Well, last week you expressed confidence in Michael that he could go out there and perform. And after watching him uh, play meaningful minutes and leading the team to a victory – what does that do to your level of confidence? Do you have even more confidence, or is it just the same because that's what you expected from? Well, I would say more just from the standpoint of we felt like he was going to play well, uh, and certainly under the circumstances, which no one could have predicted or, th- or thought of, uh, he played extremely well. Uh, you know, going through the, the weather and, and all of the other issues that we had uh, coming down to a one-minute drive to win the game. So, I mean, you know, there's no question. But you don't ever know till you see a guy do it. You have certainly have you, – you either feel really comfortable about the situation or you might be a little unsure. But I was never unsure about how Mike was going to perform. 
That's Coach Will Muschamp at his press conference this afternoon. And what I'm going to say to Gamecock fans, because I know a lot of them went out and watched Michael Skarnecchia go out there and look confident throwing the ball and stepping up in the pocket and looking like a pretty good quarterback. But here's the thing. If Michael Skarnecchia was like the savior of the program, don't you think that Coach Will Muschamp would have started him game one? Or better yet, he's been with the team. I mean, he is a redshirt senior. Maybe he would have gotten some time before then. I don't know. But that's what's going to make Gamecock fans irritable today because they think that Skarnecchia needs the start. I'm catching the grief now on Facebook Live. Colton says Skarnecchia needs the start. You want to start a guy that is 1-0 in his career, completing about, um, has won, what, the three touchdowns from the other day, four touchdowns in his career? Or do you want to start a guy that's thrown for 5,142 yards, an Outback Bowl MVP, He's ninth on the all-time list as far as yardage for quarterbacks for South Carolina. Last season, he threw for 2,700 yards, enough for seventh all-time on the single-season record list. He's been voted a team captain, an honor roll student, the SEC Sportsmanship Award winner for last season, 13-7 and as a starter. Yeah, let's just, like, not start that guy. Let's just not, I mean, that that guy sucks. Let's just not start him because you had your backup quarterback go out and throw for yards on a Missouri defense that was absolutely terrible. Come on, Gamecock fans. There's no way that you can actually think that Michael Skarnecchia should be starting this weekend. It's a great story. The backup quarterback does what he's supposed to do. He went out there when the starter was injured and got the Gamecocks a win. That's what he's supposed to do. He's not Jake Bentley. Now, let me make sure that I put this out there, too. I'm not saying Jake Bentley's the best quarterback in the history of quarterbacks, either. But he's better than Skarnecchia. And a prime example of this, if you watch the Missouri game, is a guy, he's not going to move around a lot. He's not. He's a typical drop-back pocket passer. That's Pocket passers are awesome. I'm not saying that they're not. But when teams get film on him, and Missouri did this in the second half the other day, they're going to start rushing up the middle. And when he has to face forward pressure of the people coming right at him, it's not going to work out well for him. And oh, by the way, Texas A&M can do that. 803-978-1832 is the number. 803-978-1832 is the number to call. I think Coach Muschamp's doing the right thing. You can't bench your leader like that. The guy that went out, I mean, when he was out in the Outback Bowl, people seemed to forget that game. Jake Bentley was on fire in that game. Now, he hasn't played well against other, other ranked opponents. I'll give him that. But a lot of that doesn't have to do with him. If you look at the Kentucky game, which I know is a game that irks Gamecock fans to the end of time, Brian Edwards catches a couple of balls. Debo Samuel doesn't have a drop here or there. They win the Kentucky game. And then all of a sudden, you're sitting now at 4-1 and one with a loss to Georgia, and you're looking pretty snazzy right now. I don't understand the absolute hatred for Jake Bentley. I really, really don't. 
I really, 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 really don't get it. 13-7 and seven as a starter. Came in, especially his freshman year, when he came in and basically led the Gamecocks to a bowl game. If Jake Bentley's not on that team, the Gamecocks didn't go to that bowl game. I know Gamecocks like to forget that bowl game, but he had a great bowl game in the, uh, for that. Uh, he threw for a lot of yards. Played pretty well against South Florida, even though the Gamecocks came up short. <laughs> Just not, not, not smart, in my opinion. But if you think Skarnacki should start, or if you think I'm on the right track with Bentley, give me a call at 803-978-1832. Positive Knight wants to know if I'm trying to be the mayor. No, I do not want to be the mayor. Um, the mayor has to keep his mouth shut. I have too much of a big mouth, and I would get in trouble. I would say something that would irk somebody and get fired in a matter of seconds. Also, reaction from Facebook Live. Uh, Colton says, no hatred towards Bentley. He just can't deal with pressure and lacks the arm to make big throws. I I don't think so, sir. I mean, he was touted as a possible first-round pick in some, in some stuff from ESPN this summer. So I think he can make the throws. My old buddy, my coach Marquise, says they want the switch because the season isn't going as good as they thought. Mike is fresh. That's it. That's a very, very valid point, sir. Valid point. Bentley can make the throws. Does he have problems under pressure? Yeah. Yeah, he does. But the old term, throwing the baby out with the bathwater, that may be what's going on with the Gamecock football program right now, at least in the fans' eyes. 803-978-1832. The Gamecocks welcome in Texas A&M this weekend. Coach Muschamp previewed that game at his press conference. Here are his thoughts on A&M and that offense they bring into Columbia. Kellen Mond is playing at an extremely high level. Uh, You know, completing over 60% of his passes and, uh, you know, a guy that can hurt you with his legs as well. But he's playing really good football for them and getting them in and out of the right runs versus the right looks and the things he's doing. they got a really good stable of backs, and Williams is a special guy as far as running through contact. He creates a lot on his own. Uh, Corbin's a young back that's really coming on for him. Sternberger, the tight end, has been a huge addition for him and a guy they certainly have targeted a lot, uh, as Jimbo always has in the, in the, the tight end in his offense. A uh, big physical group of receivers, offensive line, mostly all back from last year of guys we faced. And uh, Defensively, Mike Elko does a fantastic job. Mike was at Wake for a, a while there and always liked watching his team teams play and his defenses play, uh, but they're very disruptive up front, the front four at Durham and uh, uh, Kiki and Mack and Matabuke are very disruptive guys. They create a lot of issues for you. They've done an outstanding job in the run game. Two very active linebackers in Dodson and uh, Alaka are both guys that are very active that we played against last year. And Donovan Wilson is a safety. He's a very physical presence on the field and does a really nice job for him. But they've got a really good team speed, which obviously helps their special teams. Their punters averaging about 60 yards a kick, I believe. So we've got to manage for that in the game. But they've got good specialists as well and, and good team speed. Injury-wise, Jake practiced today. I thought he looked good. If he's healthy for Saturday, he'll be the starter. Uh, but I've told Jake and Mike that both of them need to be ready to go, be ready to go play. we got two guys we can win with, and that's good to have. Uh, JT eBay is going to be out. Uh, Dennis Warnham 
have started some jogging, but uh, but we'll be out for the game. A.J. Turner is questionable, and Eldridge Thompson's having surgery on Thursday, which he, I think I announced last week he'll be out for the season. Coach Will Muschamp previewing the Texas A&M game. By the way, getting D.J. Wanham back could be huge for the Gamecocks. I'm not sure. he. Uh, I think he said he's not going to play this weekend. Losing A.J. Turner, that's another chink in the armor there. Uh, although Rico Dallas played well, Tyshawn Williams has also run the ball pretty well for the Gamecocks. But having Turner back there, he's like a, a, a third down back that, in my opinion, can catch some balls out of the backfield. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And gives, gives the quarterback sort of a, like a relief valve, in my opinion. If everything is uh, covered up, he can uh, go and catch some passes in the flat and try to move the ball downfield. Now, losing Wadham, though, I think uh, hurt them in the Kentucky game. And I'm not saying if Wanham would have played, they would have won that game. But, you know, when you lose a guy like Wanham, that, that does uh, hinder you a little bit. So the Gamecocks, the Vegas line on that now has, I think, Texas A&M as a three-point favorite coming into Columbia. So it's pretty much almost like a pick to be completely honest with you. But my big thing with the Gamecocks right now, and I, I talked to some Gamecock fans today at lunch, and they're upset that Skarnecchia is not getting the start, which is funny to me. I just don't get it. I mean, if you bench if you bench Bentley and then you put Skarnecchia in there, Bentley's a junior. He's coming back next season. You're going to kill that kid's confidence anyway. Skarnecchia is used to being the backup. And oh, by the way, Six games from now, seven games from now, or whatever, he's out of eligibility. If you bench him, not a big deal. You've got Bentley, who's going to come back next year anyway. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. Doesn't make a lot of sense. 803-978-1832 is the number. 803-978-1832 is the number to call. Do you think that Coach Muschamp is making a mistake? Should he start Skarnekia this weekend, or should he go with uh, with Jake Bentley? I'm kind of on the uh, on the side of Bentley was hurt and couldn't play. If he can't play, you bring in your backup. That's what he's there for. But he's there to go out and make plays. And let's remember this as well: the Missouri defense is terrible. I mean, really bad. We had the folks on from the Mazadcast last week, and they told me, point blank, the thing with this Missouri defense, we hope that Drew Locke can score every time they touch the ball because that's the only way we're going to beat just about anybody. When they played Purdue, (laughs) they had to score pretty much every time they touched the ball with them. When they're playing Southeast Missouri State or whoever the hell it is that they opened the schedule with, some team you've never heard of out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, they had to score pretty much every possession with them. Let's not light the fire and say, oh, Skarnecki is awesome because he did that against Mizzou's defense. Even their own fan base 
kind of hides when the defense takes the field. 803-978-1832, 803-978-1832. If you want to talk about the Gamecocks and their game this weekend, I think Texas A&M is tough. I mean, I really do. They have two losses on the season, one to Clemson, one to Alabama. The Alabama game kind of got away from them, but they moved the ball pretty well against Alabama. Their defense wasn't exactly uh, got put into some holes, but they play pretty good defense, and you can argue that they should have been in the Clemson game. There's a, there's a whole video on the, the pylon camera there where everybody's upset about that. Clemson won the game, though, but it was a tough out for Clemson. It's one of the, the two tough outs that Clemson had on the year. So A&M coming into Columbia, they are a three-point favorite. That game will kick off on Saturday at 3.30. Also today on the rundown, I'm going to give you my top five NFL teams. We're going to laugh at the New York Yankees a little bit because they lost by, what, a couple of touchdowns and a field goal yesterday, something like that. Can we have some good playoff baseball in prime time there, uh, folks that schedule stuff for the MLB? I mean, because you put the Braves on, like, the MLB Network alternate channel, at least that game with the Dodgers yesterday was somewhat competitive compared to the absolute blowout that we had to sit through in primetime last night. Thank goodness for the WWE last night. Thank goodness, because the Monday Night Football matchup was absolutely terrible. At least I got to watch some, some Alexa Bliss and some Roman Reigns going around the ring last night. Because I tell you what, man... The NFL game, I know Drew Brees had his his big moment where he's the league's all-time leading passer. By the way, I don't know what the, they they walk out and they give him it looks like just a piece of paper that someone like from 1994 wrote up on Microsoft Word and handed to him as like the league's all-time leading passer. Here you go, Drew. You can have this, bud. Yeah, you like lead the league all time. Here's this little piece of clip art we put together for you. Now you're the league's all-time leading passer. I don't know. I have no clue how that happened. Well, last night was a crummy night for sports on TV. You you can't really determine if the NFL game is going to go bad, but the Major League Baseball game was terrible. And by the way, if the Yankees don't win tonight, I think that's a great thing because we won't have to see any more of this. Boston seems to have their number now. Now watch them come back and like 15 run Boston. That would be my luck. If you want to sound off on that, feel free to call. I've also got, we're going to do some college football playoff talk in a little bit. Regardless of what happens with a couple of set teams, I think they're going to make the playoffs if they win their games outright. I know that I'm going to irritate some, uh, some folks from that are following the Big Ten. I know I'm going to irritate some folks from the Big 12. And I might irritate some folks from uh, the, the Notre Dame folks. But... There are two teams that, in my opinion, they went out, they are absolutely locked in, regardless of what happens. We'll get to that in our next segment. You are listening to The Rundown. This is Fox Sports Radio 1400, right here in the rainy side of Columbia, South Carolina. We will be right back. Welcome back to The Rundown. 
Follow Rob on Twitter at Rob Sounds Good. Welcome back to the Rundown. I'm Rob Sanders. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. couple of quick notes. Old Gray Rugby will play the University of South Carolina tonight across from Williams-Brice Stadium. Shout out to my buddy Marquise. He'll be out there trying to uh, dominate some folks. They kick off at 7. I, I don't know if they call it a kickoff in rugby. I need to bring, I need to bring uh, Coach Marquise in here and have him educate me on some rugby stuff. I, I like to watch those guys go after it because, I mean, they, it's like football without pads. I mean, you got to have a, a satchel to play. And I'm too old for that. But 7.30 tonight, he tells me they're going to play rain or shine. So go out and uh, you can watch watch some rugby tonight. Or you could watch game four of Boston and New York. And uh, the Yankees have their backs up against the wall after getting hammered 16-1 to yesterday. What, what an embarrassment. An absolute embarrassment. You come home. I mean, Aaron Judge at at Finley at Fenway Park after they won Game Two, he was like blaring "New York, New York" from his car. So he's running his mouth and he's looking stupid. What happens? He comes home and they drop a game sixteen to one. Just absolutely embarrassing. They'll try to not get booed out of the stadium tonight. As they send CC Sabathia to the mound against uh, Rick Porcello, Sabathia nine and seven on the year, Porcello seventeen and seven. The Red Sox are a good team. I mean, other than other than uh, Price, they are a really good team. They really, really are. The more you watch them, now I like the Yankees because it seems like they have like three closers in the bullpen. But after last night's win, it's. <laughs> I wouldn't show my face, man. I mean, you are a pro, and you lost by 15 runs. The New York radio stations today up 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 in New York were on fire. The New York Daily News, the New York Post, and all that—it was just just blistering. I've got I've got a fight up on my uh, my blog page at FoxSportsRadio1400.com where they're in like this New York bar, and this guy walks in in a Red Sox shirt, and they just try to beat the crap out of him, but. He knocks out like five New Yorkers by himself, which is kind of funny. So you also have WWE SmackDown tonight if you want to try to avoid all of that, which, to be honest with you, if the game gets out of hand, that might be the way to go. 803-978-1832. Or you can uh, hit up my DVR, which it should be in your DVR as well. The Love of Basketball series that ESPN has right now is pretty solid. It basically goes back through like the 80s and 90s and early 2000s with hoops and tells different stories from different angles. Stories about Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, all kinds of great stuff on that. I think I've got like eight episodes in my DVR that I can catch up on tonight if some of these uh, these games suck. Or I could go watch Coach Marquise out there dominate the folks on the rugby field. So we'll, we'll determine which way I'm going to go. I don't want to get wet. Sign me up for that. I don't like getting my feet wet. When I was in the Coast Guard, my feet got wet for like three years in a row. And I promised myself that I would never get my feet wet again unless I chose to. And there's a lot of choosing for me to do to go and get my feet wet. No offense there, Coach. 
803-978-1832 is the number. The big story of the day is that South Carolina will start Jake Bentley at quarterback. I think that's the right move for the Gamecocks. The guy gets hurt. Michael Skarnecchia comes in, does what he's supposed to do as a fifth-year senior, and does his job, and now he can go back to the bench. That's kind of where he needs to go. 803-978-1832 if you want to respond to that. Now we're going to do a little playoff talk. I said earlier about my two teams that I think uh, they're going to go undefeated and they're going to be in the playoffs. Number one, Alabama. I think they're light years ahead of everybody else. And number two is the Clemson Tigers. If you look at the rest of Clemson's schedule, their toughest game, according to ESPN's FPI, is the uh, game with NC State uh, a week from this Saturday. But they give NC State like a 10% chance to win that game. Now, I'm not saying that Clemson's going to go out there and roll them, but if you just look at what Clemson has to what NC State has, come on now. Clemson should be heavily favored the rest of the way. Now, they do have the AC. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. You see championship game, which could be tough. Miami is an interesting team. Also, you've got uh, Virginia Tech, who could be in the mix. Uh, a lot of talk about Virginia Tech and, oh, they're out of it? Mm, they haven't lost a conference game yet. I know the, all, the loss to Old Dominion and the loss to Notre Dame. Those don't count against your ACC records, so they're right in the heart of the Coastal Division race. So, I think those two teams are in regardless. Now, I know there's a section of people that are like, well, Clemson doesn't play anybody. First of all, you're not watching very much football if you think that. Clemson, of course, plays at Texas A&M. They win that game there. They welcome in also an SEC opponent at the end of the season with South Carolina. They can't help their conference schedule. And that's the same for everybody. Let's make sure we put that out there. I know I give crap to the Big Ten, but if Ohio State goes and wins their conference out and wins their championship game, they should be in the playoff as well. Same thing goes for a team like West Virginia. West Virginia, they have a game against their toughest remaining game is uh, November the 23rd against Oklahoma. Um, They also have another, I've got to check their other game here, but they do have that game against West uh, uh, Oklahoma that should be tough for them, but if they went out, they should represent the Big 12. What it comes down to, though, is that there is a section of people that are going to argue with me about the fact that 
Georgia and Alabama, if they meet in the SEC championship game at 12-0 and and Alabama wins, that Georgia deserves a spot in the playoff. That's not the way it should work. I don't, I don't understand why people think that. I think people are still stuck in their heads and they're thinking that Steve Spurrier's running an offense down at Florida. Phil Fulmer's still at, uh, at Tennessee, and you've got that much of a difference. But the reality is, is that are you going to tell a West Virginia team, no, you can't go because we have to be apologists to the SEC? Oh, you won your conference. You did everything you were supposed to do. You beat Oklahoma. No, you, you can't go because Georgia lost in the championship game to Alabama. That makes no sense. Absolutely no sense. You tell the same thing to Clemson. No. Clemson scheduled two out of their out-of-conference games against teams from the Power Five. They didn't know how good Texas A&M was going to be years ago. They didn't know how good South Carolina was going to be years ago. So you can't fault them for that. It's not like they picked their schedule at the start of the season. And if they wanted to play Alabama, Alabama wouldn't schedule them in a home-and-home anyway. So you can't even go that route. Notre Dame, by the way, could finish their season at 12-0. Or, yeah, 12-0. But guess what? They're not going to have a conference championship game. And without that conference championship game, how do you put out a team that's got one it doesn't make any sense does not make any sense if you can't get into a conference you can't be in the college football playoff sorry Notre Dame fans you're good enough to play in the ACC for basketball and baseball and all other sports but football but because you want that NBC money We're supposed to just kick back and, oh, we'll just make a Notre Dame exception and we'll screw over a team that from the Big 12 in West Virginia that wins their conference, if they do that, or a team from the Big 10, if they do that, or even a team from, like, Alabama. What if if they have the argument, well, there you go. I mean, I know Alabama looks like they're better than everybody else, but they're basically in the same boat. They're an undefeated Power 5 team. It just doesn't make any sense. We'll take a quick break. We'll talk more playoffs here in just a moment. Actually, we will do my list, my top five players in, or my top five teams in the NFL right now. We'll go over that and then have some more playoff talk. And uh, we might wrap up the Brave season here in a moment. You are listening to The Rundown. This is Fox Sports Radio 1400. Of course, you can listen to us around the world on the iHeartRadio app. Strap in. It's time for the list. Today's list, right here on the rundown, is my top five NFL teams. You know, I do this every Tuesday after the week wraps up. And sometimes some teams move around. Today, we will start with, of course, number five. Number five. As he says, number five. Let the big voice guy say it, Rob. The Jacksonville Jaguars, they are 3-2 and two on the year. I know they lost to Kansas City, but Kansas City will be up here in the poll. Trust me on that. Right now, I think Jacksonville is a solid, solid team. Number four. Number four goes to the Carolina Panthers. 3-1 and one on the year. They got the job done with the 63-yard field goal off the foot of Graham Gano. 
and they look pretty solid right now. The Giants at three and one. Number three. The Panthers at three and one, Rob. Number three, the New Orleans Saints. The Saints are four and one right now, and they look solid all the way around the board. Uh, Drew Brees is doing his thing. They blow out Washington. Washington had a really good, um, a good pass defense. Yeah, Drew Brees wasn't having any of that. And they look really good there, especially with uh, with Kamara in the backfield. They look really solid, do the New Orleans Saints. Number two. The Kansas City Chiefs, they are 5-0. They're the best team in the AFC, in my opinion. And you know what? Nobody's going to really be able to argue that. If they can win over New England, yeah, they've already beaten Jacksonville, who's a very solid team. But 5-0 with that win over Jacksonville, who is at number five on the list. They knock off New England. Everybody else is going to be looking from the ground up at the Chiefs. And number one. The Los Angeles Rams. Until further notice, the Rams are going to hold the top spot. They won at Seattle. They play at Denver here shortly. I just think the Rams are at a different level right now. Different level with Goff and Gurley. They are just solid across the board. Their defense... They get to the passer. They've got good defensive backs. When you watch them, they're probably the most complete team in the NFL. Now, we did the top five. How about the bottom five? Hey, let's let's wallow in misery here for a minute. So my bottom five goes like this in no particular order. The New York Giants are one and four. I think they're, they're starting to think maybe we shouldn't have drafted Saquon Barkley. Maybe. Uh, number four has to go to the Indianapolis Colts. Even though they look pretty good for a little bit against New England last Thursday, man, they Drew Luck, Drew Luck, um, Andrew Luck takes a beating back there, man. Feel bad for him back there because it's he's under fire the entire game. The Denver Broncos at two and three, they're kind of up there as well. And of course, the New York Jets at two and three, they they just can't seem to get anything right. And then there's kind of a split here between the Oakland Raiders and the San Francisco 49ers. Chucky's not doing the job out in Oakland. And they're, they're just waiting to go to, uh, to Las Vegas, I think. But they're not very impressive at all. And the San Francisco 49ers are 1-4. and four. They're, Jimmy Garoppolo went down, and it seems like the team has quit on them. Arizona Cardinals, they're kind of at the bottom of the list, too. But everybody wants to be at that bottom of that list, it seems like, because teams just keep going out and just getting hammered. I don't I don't really get some of these teams, man. They, they look like they were so hopeful. There were people that were talking about the 49ers could possibly be a contender in the NFC. Boy, they put that to bed real quick. Maybe there were people that thought that much of Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't know. I don't know. I never think any much of anybody that gets sent away from New England. I mean, can you name a player that was actually had kind of an uptick after they left New England? Generally, they Bill Belichick gets the best football out of them and then lets them go on their way. And then somebody else pays them more for mediocre football. I mean, he's almost like a genius up there with what he does. Which, by the way, the Patriots would be number six on the list this week if uh, they would move up into the top five if they could uh, beat Kansas City. So there you go. 
I know some folks uh, in Facebook Live here. Sam says that uh, he's a Vikings fan. He wants the Vikings up in the list. Well, yeah, you know, I got a bias towards the Vikings. Can't help it. Anyway, back to the uh, the playoff talk for a minute here. We were talking about Notre Dame being left out. I think it doesn't matter if you have. Um, the Pac-12 is already out of it, in my opinion, because everybody has a loss. So in the Power Five conferences, if Clemson wins out in the ACC, if Alabama wins out in the SEC, and then you have West Virginia win out in the Big 12, and of course Ohio State in the Big 10, that's your four. Simple as that. Now West Virginia drops a game, or Ohio State drops a game, it could get interesting. Could get interesting. Let's head out to the phones. Welcome into the rundown. Good afternoon. Hey, good good afternoon. What's going on, man? What's happening? This Hollywood. I'm on call. It's my show. It is what it is. Whatever, man. What you got? Hey, you know, I got in the Florida Gators. I had to let you know I couldn't get a chance to call you yesterday. I told you I will call back win or lose. Unfortunately, we won. Like I said, we was going to. In, in fairness, sir, you call every week and tell me that Florida's going to win. They could be playing New England, and you would tell me Florida was going to win. Exactly. So it's kind of hard to take your prediction seriously. Hey, but you, or I'm always predict on Florida. Take it as you want. It is what it is. But why don't you? Why don't I you do me a, a favor? Let, let's pick a different game this week. What do you think of South Carolina and Texas A and M? Care nothing about it, but I think Texas A and M will beat them. I mean, you don't have to care, but you can tell me who you like. I mean, you think if you're going to Texas A&M, so you like the Aggies? Well, I think I think uh, he is making a mistake. You think that Muschamp is making a mistake? Yeah, lead a hot quarterback in. In one game, he had against Missouri, like the worst defense in the SEC. You think that he should bench his starter, who's thirteen and seven in his career? Yeah, bench him. He ain't showing me nothing all year. Well, I appreciate your call on that. Uh, you and I will have to agree to disagree, sir. I hear you. <laughs> yo, yo, you probably thinking he's a he's a he's a fifth year senior, and Jake Bentley got one more year to go. So I'm gonna just go ahead and play Jake Bentley. No, I'm That's gonna go. No, sir, I'm gonna go with Jake Bentley. Moves around a little bit more and. They're going to get tape on Skarnekia, and he's going to get rushed up the middle, and he's a Statue of Liberty passer, and he's going to get hammered. That's what I think. Okay, we'll find out. We'll find out. We'll we'll find out because Skarnekia is going to be on the bench. Exactly. There you go. Hey, Hollywood, you're always welcome to call into the program, man. I appreciate it. All right. So we got a resident Gator fan who's telling me that Skarnekia should get the start. Huh. That's an interesting theory there. Skarnekia, I mean – he played well in the game that he was supposed to. Sam on Facebook Live says uh, bench Bentley doesn't mean that Jake earned it. I, I don't understand why everybody thinks that way. I really don't. One game against Missouri and you're wanting to bench this guy doesn't make any sense. Does not make any sense at all. Bentley's had kind of a crummy year. Not even really a horrible year. He made some of the throws in the in the Kentucky game. In the Kentucky game, he had a couple of drops that killed him. If those passes would have been caught, Gamecocks could have won that Kentucky game. 
Could have won that Kentucky game. 803-978-1832 is the number. 803-978-1832 is the number. My name is Rob Sanders. This is The Rundown on Fox Sports Radio 1400. Welcome back to The Rundown. Follow Rob on Twitter at Rob Sounds Good. Welcome back to The Rundown. I am Rob Sanders. Thanks for joining me this afternoon right here on Fox Sports Radio 1400. Got some folks that are calling in here. Let's head out to the phones. Good afternoon. Welcome to The Rundown. Hey, Rob. Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? No, I'm hanging in there. How you doing? I know you and I were talking earlier uh, through our Facebook chat here about uh, you're kind of upset with Coach Muschamp on the on starting um, Bentley over Skarnakia, right? Uh, upset would be a strong word for it. Disappointed would be better. Well, I don't, I don't understand the disappointment. I mean, and I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to argue with you on this. I, I just don't get it. You're going to bench a guy who has played some good football for the Gamecocks for a guy that's played one game against Missouri. That doesn't make any sense. You know, he's he's a player's coach. He's supposed to be changing the mentality of South Carolina. If somebody steps up and does good, do they not deserve another shot? If, do if I they, think he's a more talented quarterback? No, but maybe he's a gamer. We don't know. He's a fifth-year senior that we've never seen. Maybe he's a gamer. Well, are you off the boat with Jake Bentley? No, no, absolutely not. I think with a different coaching staff, he might be able to learn right. So you think it's on the coaching front that Bentley has not put up good numbers? I do. I mean, he is young. Maybe he doesn't learn as quickly as other quarterbacks, but the staff is the one that's saying, your eyes need to be on this side of the field. You need to be watching this coverage. If this happens, you check to this. They're... They're designing a quarterback in college. He's he's not a finished product, and he's missing a lot of things. And I think his eyes are in the wrong spots. Well, you you can make that argument as well. But Jake Bentley has put up some crazy numbers, man. Five thousand one hundred forty-two yards in his career. It's good for ninth all time on the Gamecock all-time yardage list, and he could move up this year to fourth overall, ahead of Connor Shaw, who, in my opinion, is the best quarterback to ever suit up for South Carolina, in my opinion. And he could move past him. Let me ask you a question. Sure. Do, is there not a better situation to do this with Bentley, like to have him take a step back and watch somebody that studied the offense? Rather going with Decaron uh, Joyner, a freshman, and saying, all right, we're totally giving up on you, Jake. we got a freshman. He handed to a fifth-year senior. Jake knows he can get his job back so he can learn and he can support. And he can watch. I mean, I guess I could understand that, but Jake Bentley has been named the team captain, so he's the leader of the team. And I wonder if that's going to be something where there's guys in the huddle that are looking at it like, uh, Jake Bentley was the Outback Bowl MVP, and you're benching him for a guy who had one game against Missouri. We also have people on the team looking at it like, if I do superior in a game, am I going to get another chance? 
for him. I ain't just gonna be sat on the bench because somebody's helping now. I'm okay. Well, let's let's put it from a different perspective then. Chase Bryce had a heck of a game against Syracuse. Do you think that Trevor Lawrence should never see the field again? No, and I I didn't say that about Bentley either. So, uh, but I'm just saying, do you think that Trevor Lawrence should sit behind Chase Bryce? And, and watch the offense. And I'm not trying to be neg- – I'm just trying to show you j- the, just from a different perspective. I'd, I'd have to pass that question off to you because I haven't sat back and watched Clemson. Any. Fair enough. So I don't, I don't have a fair opinion on it. Uh, yeah, you're, I, I understand. Some t- I mean, sometimes we don't watch enough of, of, of games. I get that. But my, my thing with the Jake Bentley thing, though, is, is that he is the leader of the offense. He's kind of the leader of the team. And he should have his spot out there unless, I mean, they, they would know by now if this kid Skarnecchia was better in practice. And I think that the players would tell the coaches that. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, yeah. Connor Shaw, Zet behind Garcia. It, I don't know. Some people are just gamers. And maybe at this point, this kid's passion overrides his talent. And it's just the next level he needed. I don't know. I'm not asking for the world. I just want a few more wins. Do you think you win more games with Skarnecchia or Bentley? Not sure. I think it's a toss-up. Wow. Hey, Sam, thanks so much for calling today, man. I appreciate it. Thank you, Rob. You know, when I look at that and I think about it, Coach Muschamp did say they were similar players. So in my opinion, when you have similar players, I mean, I guess you could make the argument that Skarnecchia being the senior should go out there. But... With what Sam was saying about sitting back and watching the offense, they're both playing under a new offensive coordinator. Just saying. I mean, you have to think about that as well. I don't think benching Bentley is the way to go. I know there are a lot of Gamecock fans that are upset about that. And I don't think that they're, you know, and it's like Sam said, maybe disappointed. Upset is a strong word. You're right about that. But there is a section of them that think, Skarnecchia looked good because he stayed tall in the pocket and had several people tell me he didn't eyeball receivers like Bentley does. And that's definitely something that uh, you can definitely make an argument on that as well. My thing with Bentley, though, is, is that I look back at the Outback Bowl from last year where he was rock solid, made some great throws. His entire time at South Carolina, too, let's make sure we put this out there. He's played behind an offensive line that is just not that good. I'm just saying. Just not that good. I think this is the best line that he's had since he's been there. But let's be honest, they've been one of the... He's had to play with people in his face his entire career. When you get that in your head that you're going to get hit every time, that may mess with you a little bit when you're standing back there in the pocket. 803-978-1832 is the number. 803-978-1832 is the number. I don't think you throw the bathwater out with Bentley in it. I just don't. I just don't think that's the way to go. Skarnecchia had one good game against Missouri, who is by far one of the worst defenses in the SEC. I think they're only ahead of Missouri. I mean, I mean Mississippi, of Ole Miss. Ole Miss, by the way, is terrible. <laughs> Absolutely terrible on the defensive front. They're giving up tons of points to everybody. So I want to do one more quick thing on the playoff stuff here. There are some teams right now that are undefeated that could make, make an argument 
about uh, a playoff run. My favorite is UCF because they have the whole thing where they're the national champion. You know, you've, you've seen that. Yeah, I, I'm not in that boat. But here's the thing with them. Their strength of schedule is, is just not very good. But they could finish the season 12-0. and And if they finish the season 12-0 and and they win their uh, conference championship game, I'm not saying they should be in the playoffs, but I think the conversation should be made in the wintertime about, you know what, maybe we should expand the college football playoff field. And I'm not saying that UCF would be competitive, although they did curb stomp Auburn last season. But if we expand the playoff to six, eight teams, that makes life a lot better. I know you may have one game where you'll end up with Alabama playing a UCF if they're seeded eighth, but you could have room for a non-Power 5 conference team there, and then you could get rid of the Notre Dame option as well because Notre Dame could take that spot. If you expand it to eight teams, it makes a heck of a lot of sense. There's lots of money to be made, and I know that sounds harsh, but that's what the world moves around now is money. And if you have an 18 playoff, oof, the money will flow. ESPN would be an ATM machine. It would be insane. My name is Rob Sanders. This has been the rundown, of course. Lawton Swan of Clemson Sports Talk, the czar of Clemson Sports. He will be in after I am done today. He will take you home this afternoon. So you can uh, check out Lawton's show. He will be on from 4 to 6. Also, his website, ClemsonSportsTalk.com. My blog page is at FoxSportsRadio1400.com. Be sure to follow me on Twitter. I do use curse words on Twitter, and I feel bad about it later on. Luckily, my kids don't follow me there. But you can uh, check me out on Twitter at Rob Sounds Good. And with that, this show is a wrap. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.